Hello, welcome to this sort of weird episode of On the Edge with Andrew Gold. So I put out this episode the other day. Some of you might have heard it about super weapons that are being hidden in the South Pole. And it wasn't sitting well with me. It's the kind of thing I have covered before. And I'll be honest, I just start, I just don't think it's true. And I think it's a, I don't even want to say it's a conspiracy theory, because I think we need to look into conspiracy theories. I just think it's unfortunately not something that I believe in. And I don't know, you know, I want to say that in a way that's still polite to my guest, who I won't mention uh, here, because I don't want to sort of add to to that. And, you know, a lot goes into these episodes. There's editing, there's a guest booker, there's a lot of time, money and effort spent um, on each episode. And after I'd done it, it sort of sat uneasy with me for some time. And there's also this thing going on in your head where you're going, well, we've spent all this money and time on it. Let's put it out because otherwise we're at a big loss. So it ended up going out just for a few hours and it didn't go out on YouTube at all. Uh, I did leave it still on Patreon and Apple subscribers and locals because people are paying there already. I'm not, I don't stand to make extra money off the back of, of, of something that I don't, um, don't believe is true. And that's, that's where I felt a bit not right about it. So after a few hours, I actually um, took it down from the audio stream. So that's why it's not there anymore. You can get it on Locals. This is not me just trying to get you to go over to Locals and pay loads of money or whatever. If you go to Locals and, and, and you can use a code YouTube30 and you get a free month so you can go and watch it, the full video there or the audio version without ads is there as well. So that was that. And as some of you know, some of you might not know, on YouTube, in addition to the podcast, I do almost nightly or at least maybe well, sometimes once or twice in a week, sometimes four or five or six times, depending on how much news there is. I do live streams. Some of those, uh, I'm interviewing a guest, and I tend to put those ones on this podcast. But many of them, most of them are just me talking into the microphone. Um, and I don't even always answer questions necessarily, because it's just things I want to say, and I don't want to dilute those episodes. And this is one from last night uh, that, well, if you're if you're listening to this later, it's not last night at all. It's one from... Uh, a while ago, I suppose. But this was my, well, these were my thoughts after coming home from the Battle of Ideas. There's going to be some big episodes from the Battle of Ideas. I did seven interviews there with some quite controversial but interesting people that you probably may have heard of. And I had to walk through a pro-Palestine rally. And there's obviously nothing wrong with people supporting Palestine. But I made a point that it was a bit scary for me because of uh, th there were some comments about Jews and things like that as I walked past. And I'm, a, I'm now a semi-public figure. People might know that I'm Jewish. And it was, it was just very scary. And a lot of people... To, in response to this social media post, uh, which you can, which was on YouTube, uh, just wrote, oh, well, what about what people in Gaza are going through and all that stuff. And I sort of felt like, well, yes, I know I said that. And I, I try to make sure to say that every time. But I'm not talking about that, the whataboutism. I'm talking about my own situation. So I don't know what you guys think on the audio podcast here, if this is the right home for this. Um, but I thought, look, I've deprived you of an episode. Uh, for, about South Pole weapons and this is something that means a lot to me and so I thought I'll put it out there so you're on the edge of uh, um, anti-semitism and, and the Palestine-Israel conflict with me, Andrew Gold um, enjoy it I put up a post the other day saying I felt scared walking back from the battle of ideas where I was interviewing seven guests over the weekend and I passed through, on my own, a huge pro-Palestine rally. The reason I was scared 
is because it was incredibly scary. And I'll get into why in a bit, because I think a lot of people want to either tell me that's not true and it wasn't scary, or tell me that everything that's happening in Israel and Palestine right now is my fault. Um, we had the sad, tragic, horrible news today that one of the first women brutalized and taken hostage from the October 7th Hamas terrorist attacks, Shani Luke, a German citizen, was found beheaded by Hamas was found beheaded you know she had been beheaded by by Hamas she was she was not found by Hamas her family have been speaking on the news and their only glimmer of hope is that she may have already been dead by the point that she was by the point that that happened last night i arrived home the day after my frightening waltz through the rally for Palestine to find that Palestine supporters in Russia had breached an airport to attack people getting off a plane from Israel and, by all accounts, checking if they were Jewish. Many had to lie and say that they were not and that they were from other countries. People are now saying, amazingly, and these are the people attacking me in the comments, saying, no, no, they weren't looking for Jews. You don't know that. They were looking for Israelis, as though that's okay. Israeli citizens who are probably living a life in Russia. What have they to do with the Israeli government? Fortunately, the Russian police managed to eventually restrain the terrorists. This comes not long after Jewish students were forced to hide from one such rally in a university library. Protesters banging on the doors to get at them. We can only imagine to kill them or maim them. I don't know what they wanted to do to them. What's really concerning, I've said many times, I've spoken about what's going on in Palestine, what's happening to Palestinian people, and I'll continue to talk about that today and how tragic and how sad that is. But I never, I, and please correct me if I'm wrong and show me these, these articles and news sources and things because I know I am in a bubble here, but I am not seeing many pro-Palestine supporters saying, coming out and saying, hey, this stuff, this stuff that's happening to Jews, this stuff that's happened before and what happened before when this started happening, this is not good. This is this should not be part of our cause. I've not seen anyone. No, I haven't seen any. Have you guys seen that? I haven't seen that at all. I find it so bizarre because it's this tribal thing. But okay, tribal. But when something happens to Palestinian people, as it is right now, my family, we sit and we mourn for them. Why is it not extended the other way? There has been a huge surge in anti-Semitic attacks around the world right now, and businesses are being smashed to bits. People are scared out of their wits. Kids cannot wear badges from their schools. The schools have told them not to now, uh, Jewish schools, because they know what might happen to them. It is dangerous right now in Europe and other parts of the world to be a Jewish person. I, it's the worst it's been in my lifetime, and quite possibly the worst it's been since the 1940s and 30s. I made very sure to say in my post that I put up where people were having a go at me that people have a right, perhaps even a duty, to protest and to give their support to a suppressed people. And the Palestinian cause is a deserving one. The majority of Palestinians live in abject poverty and are not able to receive international aid because it is siphoned into the bank accounts of Hamas leaders. They are used as human shields by Hamas who fire rockets from schools and hospitals. This is a known tactic. This is not propaganda. This is known and admitted. They do this so that Israel will either have to not fire back or so that they will and will then get bad press for it and the propaganda will continue. And they are also subject to invasions and often brutal ones by Israeli soldiers who overly aggressively seek to annihilate Hamas. 
So for Palestinians on all sides right now, things are awful and they deserve rallies around the world supporting them. I made that very clear and the vast majority of you guys have been so, so supportive. And even if I don't have time to reply to all of those posts, I see them and it helps. It makes me and us Jews, my family, watch this stuff and they say, wow, isn't it amazing? These people are so supportive. It's a warming feeling and you start to feel maybe everything's not going to go like it did before. We feel less alone. But many commenters launch into whataboutism and it tends to be either people who are Muslim and I understand that they've got a different story and a different thing they're hearing. They have bias in the same way that I do and I get that. Many are coming from very left-wing people. Um, you know, that's to be expected. When I say I fear, uh, I'm greeted by comments like, so, I, you know, I, I say I fear for my life and my family. The comments are like, what about the Palestinians? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Awful. It's it's just a strange way to respond as though I'm doing that to the Palestinians and that my fear is deserved because of, because of what's happening to them. It's such a bizarre logic, but it obviously makes sense in their minds. And it's a fascinating insight into human nature and, and cult-like thinking, I think. But if you want to know why I was scared to walk through that protest, well, firstly, there were hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, extraordinarily large. If you look up online some of the images, I mean, it's the, it's the kind of thing that, you know, it, it's, it's just scary. It's a scary number of people. It scares me that that number of people exist in the first place. I mean, obviously, there's even more. There's 7 billion, 8 billion people on the planet. But just when you see hundreds of thousands of people like that, so... That's scary anyway, walking through those kinds of crowds. But when those crowds are screaming, yelling and chanting religious and political mantras in, in narrow streets and you're trying to bustle past, there wasn't much space to breathe. Secondly, I am now, for better or worse, a public person. I get recognised. I am known to be Jewish. In contrary to public belief or stereotype, there aren't actually very many of us, particularly in the UK, fewer than in the US. There aren't many public figures who are Jewish in the UK. You can count them in like like a few hands, I would say. A few hands of them. I don't know. Uh, and that's scary. So I was shitting myself that anyone could at any point do anything. Thirdly, the main chant I was hearing, children, adults, all sorts of people singing, screaming, gleefully, was from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And I have to hope, I have to hope that most of these people don't know what they are saying. And I, I believe at least some don't, right? Because it's slogans. And we've talked about that on this channel enough, uh, about the kinds of slogans we get in Scientology, the kinds of slogans that all sorts of political ideologies come up with so people don't have to think critically. And I have to hope that those people don't realise that from the river to the sea, that means cleansing the whole land of Jews getting rid of Israel. And I know for a fact now that when I say that, that a small number of people listening are now thinking and saying and commenting with the typing, uh, well, that's what Israel's doing to Palestine. It's a genocide, right? Come on, admit it. I've just caught some of you about to say that. But it's a funny kind of genocide, isn't it? One in which the population has multiplied by five in the last few decades alone. Israel must be really bad at genocide because when the Nazis did it to them, they decimated their population, which went from nearly 10 million European Jews down to just 3 million. In 1970, Palestine had 1 million people, today 5.5 million, and growing very rapidly. Now again, 
That is not to downplay the suffering of Palestinian people who have an incredibly rough time of it, but it does point to the absurdity of words like genocide being thrown around, sometimes deliberately to make it seem like what happened to the Jews in the Holocaust. Well, look what you're doing to them, as if it was in, in any way like that. It's just absolutely bonkers. I mean, the numbers just don't, just, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and it's a horrific thing to accuse people of. It doesn't mean that Israel has been good in this in this whole thing. It doesn't mean it's always made the right choices. It's done awful things. Awful things have been done on all sides. But of all, and this is a stat that's that's mind blowing, by the way. And you can debate the actual numbers, and people will debate the numbers. But <laughs> okay, people probably don't realize this. But over the last few decades. Israel has done a lot of horrible things and it has been responsible for about 3% of all of the deaths of Muslim people in the Middle East in the last few decades. The other 97% have been killed by other Muslims from other countries. And this is another sort of racist thing. It's, it's an Islamophobic thing in a sense where we just put them all into one. But there are all different kinds of people out there with all different kinds of beliefs, cultures and histories. And there are wars that go on. But where is your outrage? Where is your outrage about what is happening to other Muslim people? Now, this is two things. One, obvious anti-Semitism, right? That's obviously going on at some level, uh, but when the Jews do it, because there are all sorts of different things like this going on around the world, geopolitical, really difficult struggles, and some people are just obsessed with the one that involves the tiny country of Israel. The second thing going on is the racism of low expectations, because you think that these people are so far beneath you, the Muslim people, that you don't set the same expectations as you would yourself. You're so desperate to be a saviour to people from countries with incredibly rich culture, cuisine, economics, the oil trade out there, history, fascinating places, beautiful parts of the world, reduced to one-dimensional oppressed victims. It's bonkers. There are... Wait, let me... Hang on, let me double-check this. How many Muslim countries... A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that. Private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com heretics and get three extra months for free. That's 
E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Right, there are 49 countries that are Muslim countries. Uh, in the world, I think there are more that actually identify as as Muslim or, or whatever it might be. But let's go with forty nine as the small number. There is one Jewish country, the size of Wales or New Jersey. Despite that small size, most of it is uninhabitable desert. Only a tiny part of that country, the size of New Jersey, is actually really habitable. Habitable, and even then, twenty percent of the population who live there, a very small population are non-Jewish Arabs, among whom are celebrities, sports players, politicians, and people making a living and fitting into Israeli life. It's, it's not a lot. And I don't get me wrong, I get that there's some religious significance, but, but there should be less and less of that, as we I don't even know. For every Jew in the world, there are not 10, not 20, not 50, but 150 Muslims and 150 Christians. And that's something that a lot of people don't realise. And that is very scary when you are part of that smaller number, but constantly, just as the Nazis did, being referred to as the oppressive power. It doesn't mean that Israel is not the oppressive power with respect to Palestine, by the way, but it is scary. And for all the propaganda about us ruling the world, most news reporters have never met one of us. Most people in the world have never met a Jew. When I went to university in the north of England, people asked where my horns were. They asked why I didn't have a Torah with me and all of that stuff that I never even did. There was an article in the Times just yesterday where the UK's former police chief admitted that they stop Jewish protests whenever they occur about you know Israel. When Jews get together to protest, they are very quickly stopped by police. This this is policy. This is what they, they know. This is what they aim to do. And they tend to be small and peaceful, but they get stopped. But they don't stop pro-Palestinian ones when they get out of hand because they know, and this is policy. They know that if they try and stop it, it will get much worse and much more aggressive and violent. The police can't stop it, so they don't. And that means that they allow calls for jihad and killing my people. It's so scary, I can't tell you. I mean, it's scary enough for you guys just to watch it if you're not Jewish. I know it is. I, I don't mean to say I'm the only one scared here. I know a lot of you guys are not even Jewish and you're scared. And that's also because certain aspects of extremism, they call for the death of the Jews, but after that, it's it's you guys, right? It's just it's just apostates. So you have a right to be scared here too. Uh, 
But the police, when they hear these calls for jihad, they excuse them by saying, oh, this can be a subjective meaning, which is a very sort of far left thing to say at the moment. It's a very popular, oh, it's also nothing means anything. Why would you ever worry about what anyone says? Meanwhile, a young autistic 15-year-old girl said that a police officer looked like her lesbian grandma and the police sent crowds, troops of officers into her home, her family home, to intimidate her, push her around and then arrest her and take her into, to, into, into the police office or whatever it is, the police station. Think of that. That's how trigger-happy they are when it comes to someone's identity on the left being upset or whatever ridiculous thing it is. But jihad, fill your boots. When Channel 4 broadcast a documentary in 2007 showing the many British imams preaching about how to kill Jews in the UK, the West Midlands police didn't go after those imams. They went after Channel 4. And they reported Channel 4 to Ofcom for disturbing the peace by mentioning this by recording these imams. Unbelievable. So how can you feel safe when the police have such an obvious bias, when they turn a blind eye to those openly spouting that stuff, that my family should no longer exist? And yet, many people believe Jews are the ones with the influence over the police and politics. Why would it play out this way then, if we had any influence? The Guardian, <laughs> that bastion of, of objective media, <laughs> some hostages was, was saved today by the Israeli defense. But the Guardian put it as more hostages released because they wanted to make it look like Hamas had chosen to release the hostages out of the goodness of their hearts. That's the kind of thing we're up against with the media. And what is anti-Semitism? You know, it's, I don't believe it's as simple as just hating Jews, right? That's too simple of a worldview to believe that a lot of people simply hate for no reason. There is a huge problem right now where the lazy side of the left, and I'm I'm pretty liberal myself, you know, I'm not suggesting anything about most left pe leftist people, but there is an extreme far side of it that aligns itself with far-right religious extremism. And they don't see the hypocrisy. And they're doing so because they are racists who consider Muslims beneath them and in need of their protection. And because they believe in a very simple idea of oppressor and oppressed. And because Israel is a Western country with a democracy, gay rights, extraordinary uh, technological progress, it has to be oppressor while surrounded by 49 countries, many of whom want them dead. Another point, just to quickly make, people are always saying, I'm always hearing, oh, but they stole the land, they stole the land. Name me one country in the world ever that didn't steal the land. And I don't, you know, a lot historians don't even agree that Israel stole the land because temples were built by the Jews in Israel well, well before, thousands of years before, right? So many historians don't even agree. I don't even know. I think it's if, it's, if that's what's happened, it undoubtedly has been terrible for a lot of people who called it their home, a lot of Palestinian people. And I will always say that, and I, always, I will always say that, sorry, and I, always, I will always side with those people, and I always, will always support them. They deserve a home, and I don't know what the answer is here. But this, this idea of, like, when the Jews do it with the one tiny country, that's when it's stolen land. The Brits stole land from the Saxons. 
That was the Normans stealing it from the Saxons. Americans stole it from the indigenous Native Americans. And you can bet that each individual tribe, well, actually, they lived on different land and moved around and all that stuff. Every country has been stolen at some point. Why is it this one is fixated upon? And the point is, you know what? Let's all sit around and agree that that was bad, what happened in the 1940s, right? This this solution to the Jews having somehow survived, or some of them survived the Holocaust, and having nowhere to go because they didn't even have one country where they could go and be protected. And maybe that was, I don't know, maybe that was a huge mistake. Maybe that was a, a, a miscarriage of justice and it was the worst thing ever. The point is, they're, they're now four or five generations in. There's millions of people living there. So when you say free Palestine, what do you mean? And that is the first thing I always ask with cult dynamics. What does it mean? Scientology, you pulled it in. What does it mean? What are these phrases? You can't just say phrases. You have to give us a detailed plan of how that works. And my friend, well, I can't say who, but a friend of mine went onto the street while I was at this battle of ideas and he was asking people, you know, what he did ask that question. And he said time and time again, they came back and said, kill the Jews. That's what a lot of people mean. Now, a lot of others, I don't mean to uh, straw man, I don't mean to represent, to present the worst possible argument of most people. A lot of people have very complicated arguments. A lot of people say, well, how you would do it is a two-state this and that. The two-state solution was offered and Hamas said no. And why would Israel offer that now? They, their number one priority is to protect their people. So the question you've got to say to people who are just saying free Palestine, Israel's an oppressor, all this stuff, just say to them how and say, right, what I want you to do is put on your Israel prime minister hat. Imagine you are the prime minister of Israel. Your number one role is to look after the Israeli people. But of course, you want to do it in a way that does not harm the Palestinians. What's your next move? And see what they say. And then maybe things aren't that simple because I've never heard a proper answer to that. Nobody says, why doesn't Jordan end apartheid in Jordan and give Palestinian people their citizenship? There's third or fourth generation Jordanian Palestinians not granted the same rights to healthcare, education or anything else in their country living there. Nobody seems to care. No one cares. Nobody is protesting on the streets about how the Jordanians are treating the Palestinians. Why is that? Ask these questions. Egypt has said they will not let in one single refugee. They will not help. They close their border off despite the immense suffering of Palestinian people. Why? And why does nobody say anything? Why does nobody care? Israel pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005. Free Gaza, they pulled out. In all essence, apart from some restrictions, Gaza was completely free. A terrorist organization took hold immediately, sent in hundreds of rockets, rockets every day to Israel and made a manifesto saying they will not stop till every Jew is dead. Should Israel, do you guys think, should Israel then withdraw further? Should they stop those the slight restrictions and control that they still have over Gaza and give that up as well? Is that the way to protect the Israeli people and then the Jews around the world? Should they also then withdraw from the West Bank, which is a far larger area than Gaza and potentially far scarier if Hamas were to get their grips on it? I don't know what the answer is. And by the way, I mean, Hamas would turn it into a far more conservative place in the West Bank. I don't think the people of the West Bank would want that particularly, particularly the LGBT group, because in the West Bank, I think they're just about all right. And in Gaza, you do not want to be caught being gay there. 
that's, you know, the conservatism in Gaza is significantly more extreme than in the West Bank right now. And the last thing that I think a lot of people in the West Bank want, and the last thing that Israel wants, and the last thing the world wants, is for Hamas to be able to just take hold over there as well. So these things are far more complicated than people want to believe. I don't know what the answer is. And I think that's the only honest answer someone can have. Perhaps getting rid of Hamas as quickly and efficiently as possible while trying as hard as possible not to hurt the civilian population, which is horrific, and then trying to install the Palestinian Authority or someone like that in its stead and seeing if that can de-escalate things and lead to peace. Maybe that's something. I'm sure there are a million reasons I haven't thought of why that can't work. I don't know. Everything I say, remember, I say with bias, and I encourage you to seek other sources. The Palestine-Israel conflict is so complicated that the idea that any one person has the answer is absurd. But one thing I know to be true is that it is very scary right now to be Jewish. I don't need the whataboutism. It is, of course, very scary to be Muslim for many people. It is very scary to be Palestinian, my God. But I am just talking, I can only speak of my experience. The whataboutism makes no difference. That's sad and this other thing is sad. Both things can be true. And to feel right now that the police does not have your back, to feel that the left certainly does not have our backs. Many of you guys do, and we need you. Your support, your words, your sharing of this side on social media, because we only do have one out of 150 in this in these sides. So please do, please educate your friends who think this is simple and show them this because like before, like in Germany all those years ago and like the pogroms that have happened throughout history, we need you guys now as much as ever. So please do share this around, please do listen and please just leave nice comments and things and yeah and uh I've got more on this Israel conflict. I do want to educate people about it. And if not educate, because I find that patronizing, I want people to just understand this point of view without dismissing the points of views of the other side. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, if you do want to get that South Pole episode to hear about the super weapons that this man thought were, were in the South Pole... Uh, it's an out there episode relating to UFOs and rich elite people and all sorts of crazy different theories and things. And if that's of interest to you, if you want to hear what's going on or, or watch it, both the video and audio versions are available on andrewgold.locals.com. And you can use the code YouTube30, that's the numbers three zero at the end, it's all one word, to get a free month so that you don't have to pay, you, you can just go and watch it. I just didn't want it necessarily on this stream because it gave me a, a bit of an uneasy feeling. Um, I talked today in this one about a lot of things that are very close to my heart. I'm sure just just out of a numbers game, there must be a, a good percentage of you who totally disagree with everything I've said and find it offensive. And uh, I respect that. And I respect plurality of opinion. And you, you do need to go, go and hear opinions of others if you want. And, and that's what a democracy is but thank you for sticking with it uh if, as you as you drive in your cars that's how i imagine you or, or or go on a nice run or you're cooking up something in the kitchen as you listen and i hope my voice uh meant something to to you as you as you went about it and please do recommend this podcast to everyone you know if you can thank you guys for sticking with me step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.